spreading Cajun across the nation, pushing the brand across the land. Welcome to Ragin' Review, made by the fans for the fans. Down goes the streak. 21-1 at Legion Field for UAB. Welcome to Rage and Review. Matt Miguez here, joined as always by co-host Josh Jagno. And Josh, we are going to break down what we saw in what was a interesting football game between the Cajuns and the Blazers of UAB. The Cajuns will leave Birmingham victorious by the final score of 24-20. to and you know, we, we we talked before we went on air, and we have we have differing we have differing opinions. You know, you, I I said that I thought as a whole we played fairly well. Do you think we didn't? No, I don't. I don't think we played well. But hey, I love to win. I love to win. And anytime you walk into a place that hasn't had a a loss in three years, uh, it's, it's hard to be able to critique that win. So. I'm going to be very, very careful with what I say. But no, overall, I didn't think we played a great game. So this is the first time in the history of the world that three kicks out of bounds, a kickoff return touchdown, and a 70-plus yard punt has happened in the same game. So I mean, dude, it's the wildest thing. We now call that the Cajun. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, you and I were talking about this. Like, dude, without special teams, where are the Cajuns this year? We're a losing team. Two and three. It's wild. It's it's wild. You take away the the special team. Um, what do we call them? Treats, uh, uh, surprises, uh, uh, big plays. Christmas being a superhero. What do you call it? I mean, you take away those big plays, and we're a losing football team this season. And that's a wild thing to say. You know, and you got it. You also have to consider that Nate made the fifty-three yarder. You know, I mean. Where special teams has been really the savior of Cajun football this year? Yeah, no, I mean, I I, I don't I don't disagree. The in my opinion, the offense has been putrid, average. I, I, I don't, don't want to say putrid because they've had. Oh they've, God, it's been I, horrible. I, I, I don't want to say putrid because they've had their moments. Had their moments, but the, the, again, the, the, we were we, second, we were bad on third down. The, the again, half, this this. This, tonight, tonight we're bad again on third down. Uh, the second half was better. Don't get me wrong. Agreed. It, it was better, but my God, I mean, dude, we're supposed to. We were supposed to be a team relying on our senior quarterback, right? And our offense. That was what everybody was writing about. Hey, we were fifty percent on third down tonight. Were we fifty percent? Seven to fourteen. So that's that's the best performance of the year. Right. 50%. That's what I'm saying. We weren't that bad. I'm God. Sure. No, we, I, 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 I get it. But, you know, it, like like you said off the top, it, it's hard to heavily critique a win. I, but I will. I'm going to. I am going to. You know. I know, I know and you it, will. And no, nobody, Kat, would, nobody would expect anything different from the man about town. Well, you know, Catherine laid it out perfectly. She's like, Man, you you are the biggest proponent of Billy Napier, but in games you are the biggest yeah. Billy Napier critic. From, and from, I say, I, I, I'll say the same thing I said to her. 
he's a phenomenal coach. He's a phenomenal leader. I love the guy. Absolutely love it. But there's a difference between building a program and calling a game. Totally different. For, for, he's, for, he's, for he is exactly what we've talked about. No, it's not that I don't like him. I, I think, again, again, early in the first quarter, some very nice design plays. Levi was brutal. Brutal. I thought that we made some strange decisions on certain downs. I thought that I, I didn't think the defensive plan early in the game was very good. Okay, so let me, um, let, me, let, me let me ask you let me ask you this. You know, you, you say Levi was brutal tonight. Oh, brutal. What, so what? Let me ask. What are your expectations out of uh, University of Louisiana quarterback? What are my expectations out of a University of Louisiana quarterback? I, um, yeah, what, I expect a man that. We've established that his strong suit is rolling out to his strong side and delivering a pass in stride um, to a wide-open receiver. Um, I think that I think that, that should be a given. You should be able to hit that pass 10 out of 10 times. Because, I mean, Levi went 60% for 152 in two scores. That's not good. It really isn't good. I mean, really, think about all of the hype. Think about the hype, okay? I'm not going to go off the rails on this, but think about the hype. 152? What was it? What was the completion? 10 for 19? What was it? 12 for 20. 12 for 20. We won the game, so it's hard to crush him. But take away Chris Smith, and we lose. I mean, that's the reality of it. No, I'm, I mean, it's I, true. I, don't, I do not disagree with you. Not, not for he was bad, days. man. He was bad in the first half. And I don't think he was great in the second half, but you realize we ran the ball a whole lot more in the second half. Like, our offensive game plan totally changed in the second half. I don't know if y'all noticed that. Yeah. Yeah, no. I, I, a University of Louisiana quarterback under Billy Napier should be able to hit a guy on his strong side, wide ass open in the numbers. I mean, that's what I expect. It's, it's Especially on a fourth down play, especially on a third down play, like we got to figure this shit out. Yeah. Yeah. No. I don't um, think that's too much to ask, Matt. Like, look, dude, I'm not asking you to hit a dude in stride in the numbers, 50 yards down the field. Which, by the way, we had a couple of receivers that didn't help him. I agree with you on that. The the Eli Mitchell pass was not one of them. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, that that wasn't a great throw. It wasn't a great throw. But I, I will I will say this, you know, I I listened to half of the first quarter on the radio as as I was driving into New Orleans, and you know before the game, Gerald Broussard was talking about his keys to victory with Jay Walker, and and one of them he he was talking about how people have been criticizing Levi for, you know the the bad throws and whatever else, which is true. You know, Levi has has missed many throws over the last couple weeks. But G made a good point when he said that his skill players, every now and again, skill players have to bail you out. I agree. I agree. A 50-50 ball should be caught from time to time. for plays. I agree. So, you know, there there's certain situations where, you know, the, the play just, you just got to step up and make the play. The ball of Jalen Johnson deep, I think it was the second quarter, deep on the left side of the field right before the half. 
should have caught the ball. Yep. Pete on the right side of the field earlier in the second quarter. Should have caught the ball. You got to go get that. You got to go get that. I agree 100%. I don't think that Eli Mitchell's pass falls into that category. I don't think the Jalen Johnson uh, hit pass against Coastal last week falls into that category. I agree that, and, and you and I talked about it on the pod, like, at some point, those 50-50 plays have to be made. At the same time, if we're going to start naming a guy to the Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning Award watch list, and the, the, uh, the, I mean, I don't know if he was, maybe it was a low Heisman thing, whatever. All these other national award watch lists. There's no way a guy lands on those lists that can't make that throw. That's a fucking, we, we said it was a middle school throw. You can't miss that. You can't miss it over and over and over. I mean, it's like Krippa said on the radio last week. You, this is a thing. This is a play you practice 60, 70, 80 times in practice and you nail it. 100% of the time. I know it's a different deal in the game, but we got to be better than that. We got to hit wide open receivers. Yeah. No, I mean, there, there was a, there was a couple scenarios tonight where I was, I was hoping to maybe see some, uh, some, uh, Chandler Fields, but, uh, and know. I tweeted it out and, I, and look, they're going to crush me for it. And I, it was a frustration early in the game. I don't take it back. I think we need to start seeing what he can do. I really, I think that yeah. because if Levi goes down, because you can obviously see the game plan is shifting to where they want to see him run a little more. Which I'm okay. He had another, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but again, like we got to know who can play behind him. Right. Right now, we don't know. But, but you know, look at at some point, dude. He it, it almost felt like he was in his own head. Yeah. No, I mean, I I, I think that's been the case. All season long, but you maybe know, one, one thing. Maybe. One thing. One thing that's assuring for me from a defensive standpoint. I'm looking at the the defensive statistics from the ball game. You know, our, our top two tacklers are. I mean, the the two guys that really made a statement against Iowa State for Rod Gardner and Lorenzo McCaskill. Surprise! Surprise! I tell you what, in the second half, after that little injury scare. Zion Hill really came on, and he was very impressive in, against the run. Didn't, um, didn't show up on the stat sheet. He only had one tackle. But is that right? Well, I'll tell you what. He was very disruptive in the second half, which he was not in the first half. And I think, again, a lot of that had to do with defense being on the field a lot of the game. Right. I guarantee you they won a time of, of possession in the first half. But um, I thought Zion that. Hill really played a good second half. The time of possession for the entire game, Louisiana barely let it, 30-37 to 29-23. And I promise you in the first half it wasn't it, – it, we so didn't barely, win it. Barely a minute. Yeah. Um, so it was very even. It ended up being a very even game like we expected, and UAB was as good defensively as I thought they were going to be. Yeah. Um, I thought our defensive line got absolutely mauled for three and a half quarters. Yeah. But uh, and, know, and, and it actually surprised me. I'll, I'll I'll say this: they they did enough to disrupt Bryson Lacero. I mean, well, they did in the second. They did in the uh, not the second half, but late in the third, in the uh, fourth quarter, because it was throwing time. Yeah, uh, they did enough to stop them on first and second down. Probably somewhere mid to late third quarter, where things started to get a little hairy, right. which was good to see. But I'm telling you right now, dude, 
UAB had to average somewhere between six and eight yards a carry. I mean, it was absolutely uncanny. Every time they hand off the ball, they're second and two. They're second and one. It was unbelievable. I wouldn't even, I, I don't know why the hell I would have thrown the ball if I'm Bill Clark. For the game, they averaged 4.4. Oh my God, that is insane. Why do you even throw? For the game, they averaged 4.4 yards per rush. Cajuns average. And you saw two. you saw what happened when Lucero felt just even a little bit of uh, a pressure. I mean, he, he basically caved. And I mean, credit to Cam Solomon late. That was a big play. Credit to Braylon. Braylon Trahan had another phenomenal game. Stepping up, making big tackles, made the big pick in the right play. He was in the right place at the right time. There was a, a play early in the third quarter, maybe the third quarter. I'm, I'm, I'm losing it. I've had several IPAs over at Pete because I didn't go to Birmingham like I was supposed to. But uh, Braylon made like three different decisions on a single play. He fought off the second-level blocker, got in the backfield, made a tackle for loss. It really changed the entire complexion of that drive. Ended up helping us out. But, I mean, Braylon, you got to say more. Braylon is a former walk-on from Acadiana High. And he's playing big minutes and making big plays. Huge plays. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely definitely no question about that. Braylon Trahan has been a huge leader defensively for the Cajuns. Agreed. You know, Farad Gardner, Lorenzo McCaskill, Percy Butler, who, you know... I thought we would miss severely tonight, but sure. you know it, it really didn't seem like we missed him too much, which is a good thing. That's that's a that, that's a compliment to Patrick Tony and the rest of the defense. Because agree. I totally agree with that. Yeah, when, I when think I, the team was good the, defensively outside of the defensive line. When I read pregame that Percy Butler was going to be out, I was like, "Damn it, we're it hurts. We're it hurts." I, I I tell you another. Uh, Mason Narcisse had a game. And he got a lot of snaps, too. Yeah, he did. Two, only two tackles, but again, kind of like Zion Hill, very disruptive. Making some noise and, and really helped us in the second half, just clogging up the middle of that lane, dude. And I'm telling you, um, the defensive line, I thought as a whole, did not play well. Not not as if, not like I would have expected them to play because I thought the game plan going in, if I'm UAB, is it just pound, pound, pound. I mean, they have three capable backs just like we do. Right. Uh, I was surprised at how, I mean, dude, let's be honest. I mean, our defensive line was shredded a lot of that game. and That surprised me. Taylor Humphrey was double and triple teamed a lot, and it seemed to work. Um, McBride, was it, is it McBride, the little freshman scat yeah, back? Dwayne McBride. Holy shit, he was good. Yeah. Scary he, he, good. He looked good against Western Kentucky last week. He was I, I scary he good. Be one to look out for. Eight carries, thirty-seven yards for the freshman. Tonight. He puts his foot in the ground and just hits a hole, man. Yeah. I mean, really good player. No, I, absolutely. U, UAB. But it's like you said at the top. It's like you said at the top. You go into a place that hasn't lost three years and you get a W. I mean, what are you going to say? Yeah, look at Reese Burns. Reese Burns is the MVP. Oh, Reese yeah. Burns put the he flipped the field in a, in the most gigantic way. He put. Lucero, and I mean, he was in the shadow of his end zone. Oh, my God. With the win tonight, the Cajuns improved to 4-1 and one on the season, 3-0 and oh on the road so far this wow. year for the Vermilion and White. UAB falls to 4-2. and two. 
three and one on the road. Like we said, first loss at Legion Field since 2014. Since the reboot. Yeah, yeah. They they hadn't lost a game since the reboot in 2017. They were they were talking on CBS Sports. The last lo- the last loss was against Marshall in November of 2014. No matter how you pull that out, that's a uh, that's a good win. Something to be proud of. Next week, the Cajuns will travel to San Marcos, Texas, to take on the Texas State Bobcats. Meanwhile, UAB will come to Louisiana and will be in Restonia to play against Louisiana Tech. Go Blazers. Go Blazers. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, I, I had to take the opportunity to uh to share the the video of Tommy McClellan talking about, you know, Conference USA being such an upgrade. I, I miss having that guy in the Kusta, man. Because tonight would have been the greatest night that Troll has had. And you know that, mean, credit, credit, Billy, to, credit to UAB, but Come on, y'all can't really sit here and still say that Cusa would be an upgrade. Exactly how I said that Coastal played an A-plus game and we played a C-minus game and they won because they're a good football team, right? Right. We we played a C-plus game and I thought UAB played a pretty good game. I thought they played an A-minus, B-plus game. And we still came out. I mean, look, credit to Chris Smith. So it's 13-3. 34 seconds left. They have all the momentum. Return. And look, I look at Catherine and I say, that's, that's like and, and kind of a fork in this right there, momentum-wise. And I said, unless we get some sort of a way to go down and get at least three, we're in trouble. Oh, yeah. And sure I, enough, Pitt goes exactly, up, Chris grabs it, and just rolls. That's and exactly. I told her, I said, Chris just grabbed us from the grave and pulled us back a lot. And that, that's ex- that's exactly what I said in that moment. I was like, "We got to figure out something right here." Because you had a couple of timeouts, so you could go for at least a, a field goal. You know, right. they can make it from fifty-three. So I figured, I figured if we were able to get the ball, you know, get a fair catch, start from twenty-five, get down, give Nate, you know, fifty-five, fifty-yard opportunity, maybe. No, but the the kickoff is it, was is huge. Is is it just me, or did the return seem? Pretty easy for him. I don't know. It's weird. I mean, the wedge kind of collapsed, but like, he picked he, his way out like a he, running back. He, he, he sidestepped the first guy, kind of ducked through that wave of tacklers, sidestepped the kicker, and then he was Wait, 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 wait. He didn't sidestep the kicker. He embarrassed the kicker. Well, the kicker, listen. When they replay that game and they show the highlights on ESPN here in a few minutes, go back and watch it. The kicker breaks his own ankle and then tries to jump, and it looked like a cartoon. <laughs> I mean, he looked like a goddamn cartoon. He flew across the screen, dude. Absolutely hilarious. And Chris Smith is barely running at that point. Look, I got it pulled up right here. Let me see. I'm, I'm watching. It's hilarious. Okay. I think he was number 48. He goes to stick his foot in the ground, rolls his ankle, and then tries to jump. (laughs) (laughs) He embarrassed the kid. That's That's why I think... That's going to be on You Got Mossed on Sunday morning. That's why I think when he got past everybody, he turned around and he had the biggest smile on his face. He was probably laughing. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's terrible. But listen, momentum-wise, 
He saved us. He absolutely did. Just like he did against Iowa State. And I said the same exact thing, sitting at the table. I said, this is exactly what happened against Iowa State. We needed something. And he just gave us a burst of energy, and then we came out. And look, give credit to Levi. He did come out in the second half, played better. Give credit to the team. They looked like they had more energy, and they, they had a little bit of oomph with them. Uh, we looked we look like a little bit of a different team, and, and UAB kind of shrunk. I felt like they felt like they played a great first half, and they did. And then they give up that big return, man. It's like they should be way out ahead. Cages are still there down three, and we go in the half and make our adjustments. You know we're a second-half team. So uh, I think Chris Smith really – I think that was a huge moment in the game. Yeah, there, there's, there's no question about it. That was definitely, you know, the play of the game, in my opinion. Um, and now, you know, we're sitting here 4-1, and one, getting ready to go to Texas. We, we've got a three-game stretch of good yet very beatable opponents. Sure. Well, the I mean, best Texas, thing that can happen to us is that Texas State beats – BYU. Well, good okay. God. Hey, you never know. Good You never God. know. That's why you, let, let, that's why you know, play the game. Overnight tonight and first thing in the morning, you and I are going to talk, and we're going to make a region <laughs> review drinking game on the Texas State-BYU <laughs> game tomorrow night. Because, oh, man. Jesus Christ, that's a good way to get hammered. No, they're good. BYU is very good, but if, if – uh, if old Texas State can pull it off. And look, they're capable, like we said. If Texas State can pull it off, I might have to find a way to get down to San Marcos next Saturday. Let's make a deal right now. If they pull it off, San Marcos, here we come. All right, I'm in. That works. And listen, if they do, that just strengthens our schedule, dude. I mean, regardless of how people are going to – we're going to end this season, and people are going to look back and go, damn. Cajun's strength of schedule is way better than we expected. Right. You know, so, look, go Texas State. We'll see you all next week. But we're coming for you. I know you, owe, you they do owe us. And I'm scared of them. Don't get me wrong. I am. I'm terrified. They have I'm terrified. I've been scared of those bastards for like a year. So, um, hey, you never know what can happen. That's why you see it up. How long have been in the Sun Belt? Six years? Six or seven, yeah. Yeah, and they, they've never once beaten us. No, we've been kicking their ass for a long time, but that's why I'm scared of them. Right. They owe us. Right. No, no no question about it. Cajun Nation, we will be back probably Monday or Tuesday with a in-depth breakdown of this game as well as a preview of Saturday's contest in San Marcos. For more, RagingReviewPod.com. You can check out Raging Review on all social media channels, and this podcast will be available wherever you get your podcast. Josh, anything else before we get out of here? Last note. Did it for Looney. What up, freak? Yeah. Oh, my God. Dude, I I teared up whenever uh, they showed the prayer at the end of the game and DJ's parents Same. were standing there. Same. I mean, how, how do you how do you not? It's what's great about sports, man. You, you can impact so many people, and uh, DJ would have impacted so many more people. And, uh, you know, the good thing is, is that he lived a life worth living. At 31 years old, he had impacted all these folks. And uh, that's what I took away from it. Yeah, no question about it. Five equaled one tonight. Yes, yes, indeed. All right, Cajun Nation. We'll see you guys soon. Tell them, Owie.